0: Community.
1: Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Curious, a podcast where we want to create diversity in thought without creating division and community. I am your co-host, Matt Fisher. I'm the care pastor here at Hill City, where we record this in every episode of the podcast. And I'm here with my co-host, lead pastor at Hill City, Mr. John Wagler. I just said lead <laughs> pastor. Whatever.
0: No, that's fine. I was just <laughs> la- laughing just because you you're expecting Hill City again i don't know it's just a funny intro. lead
1: pastor somewhere no i don't life. know it's just
0: <laughs> i just always wonder what's gonna happen in the in intro the in,
1: in the intro it's like pretty uniform but so yeah you're right i have to i have to flavor it um so john what's going on we took a break We're coming yeah back, coming off of a break you went to the beach
0: I did a lot happened in since our last episode
1: that's not a joke but like even when we don't take breaks, it feels like a lot happens between
0: <laughs> But no, we yeah. Um trip to Atlanta. Oh yeah some passers, which was really good. Won a basketball championship, which was really good. Oh, I didn't know you
1: won. We did. was yeah. that your first like championship win? And we
0: had been in the championship five times previously yeah. and lost all five. Wow. And so this was
1: a coming out of quarantine strong. It was nice.
0: And <laughs> then um and then uh yeah, we were at the beach for a week. So That's it was awesome. good. It was really good. Yeah. it was The family beach trip is always fun. Like, cause everyone in our family gets along. Um, all the kids have like people to play with. Mm-hmm. Our, our oldest are getting to an age where like they're, they're good at being able to hang out with adults and yeah. play games yeah. and stuff. And, and so it's a, it's a cool dynamic. My brother and his kids and their spouses are just, they're super good people yeah. and we have a good time. That's so, cool. Yeah.
1: Boy, it's not, not, uh, not everybody can see. I always remember beach trips for my bigger family being good, but, yeah. um, sometimes family vacations can be stressful.
0: They can be tough. We, yeah, I mean, it's not, I know it's not normative and we didn't, we didn't do that actually growing up. We yeah. would, you know, we made the trek to Florida from upstate New York. Shouldn't have did that. Once a year. It was, a, it was like 24 hours. Like Where this. did you guys go?
1: What part of Florida Um We
0: were in Margate. Okay. Um, I, I can't remember what I that's, that's near. Is that Gulf Coast? no no it was on the east side yeah hmm interesting uh, um with jacksonville
1: and you would drive
0: oh we drove from upstate new york bro dude th- we intense. drove like typically my mom would have like a cadillac or i remember the first one was in a mercury cougar oh my gosh and so we would literally my brother my oldest brother is six five yeah the other one's six one i'm five nine i yeah. got the i got the looks yeah they're um the uh but we would they would make me lie down on the floor. Oh my god! So they would have more space. Holy cow! Yeah, twenty-four hours down to <laughs> Florida. <laughs> that's
1: insane. That's a real. That's a real. When I was a kid, we used to walk barefoot uphill <laughs> legit, in the snow both yeah. ways. Situation. It's crazy
0: though. I mean, we, we didn't think anything of it. That's it just, wild. Yeah,
1: that's wild. Um, yeah, we went to Disney. Um, which is crazy as always. It was so hot that we were like going. We spent our whole day finding shadows to stand in. <laughs> um literally like vampires like running from one awning <laughs> or line to the next. Um but it was fun. We always have a good time.
0: Is there anything new there right now?
1: Um no, they're getting ready to Well, the Star Wars like land is fairly new. It's only like 2 years old. Yeah. Um but they're getting ready to open the Star Wars themed hotel. Oh. Wherein you take like a transport to it and like once you enter the transport all the windows are covered by ultra high definition screens so until you leave until you check out of the hotel you're in space no way yeah like there's natural sunlight coming out of the ceiling yeah. where you can only see sky but like you even in then, your room yeah dude
0: I don't know I don't like that
1: <laughs> well so they only let you stay there for like three days like the max stay is three days so that you don't like freak out
0: <laughs> holy cow
1: and the whole thing has a story like there's a storyline to the whole thing so like, you don't have to participate, but like your waiter might come up to you in the hotel bar or whatever, and be like, hey, are you resistance? (laughs) And like you can engage in like these weird, like you have to go here and like hack this computer or go there and like open the shipping crate or like, and you can be uh, Empire First Order Alliance or like Rebel Alliance or a smuggler like Han Solo. Wow. It's intense. That's very intense. (laughs) I'm very, it's not open yet though, next year. Super excited.
0: Wow. I don't think I could do it.
1: No, it's not your... I mean, the man who's never finished a book of fiction. No, I don't think that that is (laughs) your thing. I honestly... It's (laughs) funny, like... Now, uh, it made me frustrated, like, oh, now that I'm into nature, you give me this? Sure. Like, <laughs> right. now that yeah. I'm, like, probably would still enjoy it, but would enjoy it less than I would have 10 or 15 years ago. Yeah. Now we have it? Cool.
0: Maybe they'll have a bench in space. <laughs> space
1: bench, bro. <laughs> oh, man. Cool. Well, um, we are going to go ahead and we, we are suspicious that maybe our into the feed or from the feed will be a long one today. Yeah. So, we're going to see how it goes and um and then figure out the rest of the episode from there. Um so uh yeah, without further ado, let's get into our new segment for 2021 from the feed. All right, John, well, as you said, as you referenced, lots going on. Um, <laughs> oh, although going on. always there's always a lot going I know. on. This yeah. is the world we live in.
0: Which is interesting. I was thinking about this the other day before we get into the feed material. Well, this kind of applies. You know, like growing up, like we keep saying that like there's so much going on, right? right? But that was like part of the beauty like when we grew up. And I know I'm a little older than you, but still. Yeah. We didn't know everything was going on.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was like desert storm is happening. Yeah. That's all that. that's literally (laughs) all that's happening. And that's like if you look back on the, although it had. Ma- you know, massive effects. It was a yeah. real war. But like for us, you know, for you as a 10 year old or, or whatever, 15 year old, it's yeah. just like, yeah. Okay. That's what's happening. Or like you
0: know when like the OJ thing happened. Oh, you know, OJs. Like, yeah. I think that's I was a freshman in college. Happening. I think when it happened, but yeah. like, but still like, it was like that happened. It was like riveting watching it on the TV, but then I got like bored with it. Yeah. Cause I was like, I don't want to watch this anymore. And I just went and like did L- life, lived your life. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Like there's just, whereas now if like OJ had happened. Mm-hmm. It would just be unending stuff, day after day after day, week after week after week. But we're getting it, like everything.
1: I I mean, you know? and it would only be one of like I think that's a great example of whether it's and all of it is is we don't want to undermine the terribleness of some of this stuff. But like whether it was Columbine or OJ or yeah Desert Storm or the OKC bombings or whatever, things happened one at a time. Yeah in your head i mean bad stuff is always happening all the time but like now we know about most of the bad stuff yes it used to be that the news was linear it was like okay this is the thing right now that'll end there'll probably be a breather where there's just like today on the news is a squirrel water skiing or whatever and then there'll be another thing so it was like one after another now it's all the things all the time yeah it's yeah
0: that's a part that with um, I'm trying to think of whose podcast I was just listening to, but they had like a um, brain specialist mm. on their uh, neuroscientist or something. I don't remember exact title, but um, she was talking about how our, our brains are not even physically capable to handle all this information. This is what she's like. This is why we're going crazy. Yeah. It, our brains cannot handle it. And yeah. so all of this stuff is actually wa- our awareness of certain things is like actually really detrimental to us as human beings Mm -hmm. and um yeah i've just been processing like a little bit because i've taken like a step back on social media um and that's been like really good um while also trying to like stay a little bit connected because i do want to like you know part of like you know even when i do sermons part of like what i process in my sermon prep is like all right there's i want to dissect scripture Point people to Jesus, but I also want to have some cultural commentary. Sure, and uh, within that, and then also like you know, all right, then how like practically do you move? Right, you know, from what we're seeing in the scripture, like how do we do stuff? And the practical piece of, is one I end up struggling with the most. Um right. like putting it together, but I always want that cultural commentary to be in there, which is um,
1: biblical. Like Jesus did the totally. same. He always had yeah, one, yeah. Foot, one foot, in tradition, yes. and one foot in like here's what's happening right
0: now. Yeah, and so, yeah. Um, but we're not we're not wired. We, we can't do it like we yeah. we're not created to be this way and yeah. even like um screen time and stuff we've been lacy and i uh read tech wise family and okay. um by andy crouch and um his daughter amy crouch mm-hmm. who's gonna be one of the speakers at influencers mm-hmm. and um just like hearing how they did their life and everything and what that turned how it turned out for their kids yeah i was just like man we got like, we gotta be better at this yeah like you know like in general. But. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's like um, there's an old trope in like X-Men comics where, you know, kids become teenagers and that's when their like mutant abilities manifest right during mm-hmm. puberty. And the ones that end up being psychics always like there's always a danger that they'll go crazy because they can hear everyone's thoughts all of a sudden. Right. Um, that is us. Like yes. social media is being a psychic like you, or, yeah. you know, being a telepath, like in the comic books, like you can hear and read everyone's thoughts all the time. Yeah. And in some ways it's worse because it's not even their honest thoughts a lot of the time. Yeah, it's, it's all, a, all like, edited, curated. Version. I know, yeah, I know. Curated images and experiences. But it's like that's that's sort of on the scale of like, yeah, human neurological development. We have suddenly been given the ability to know and be involved in everyone's lives all the time and thoughts and yeah. ideas and opinions all the time and it's like yeah i don't think that like the like the recent you know telepath we like don't know how to right. filter it all yeah
0: it's like every ounce of research around screens social media and everything is like primarily bad right like there's some good elements of course but you know but yet we as parents like let our kids who don't have fully developed brains mm-hmm. until they're 25 to like, sure mm-hmm. feel free to just unendously, you know, be on Instagram, yeah. you know, or TikTok or yeah. Snapchat, whatever. And now our kids don't. We're, we're pretty strict on that. But like they're, yeah, I don't yeah. know. There's just like some stuff there that's
1: Yeah, crazy. I think it's funny that you and I were talking about this off mic. It's funny that um, of all the things this past couple of weeks, which I guess this will count as a from the feed, China like basically made it illegal for children to play video games on yeah. weekdays. Yeah. And of course, there's a part of our brains is that, are like oh my gosh that is an unbelievable like limiting of freedom and and like meddling of the government which is china's thing right but that piece of news is i think the one that suddenly everybody's been like well <laughs> <laughs> like you know maybe maybe it's, it's kind of like forced everyone to think maybe throttling the internet (laughs) and (laughs) severely limiting people's personal digital freedom. Okay. All right. Like, I don't think it's good, but like,
0: uh. it may not be like all bad. No, I (laughs) mean, like it's
1: like all of a sudden somebody, everybody has given pause. Um, yeah. Oh man. Well, I'll tell you what's in my feed, um, this week and probably in yours as well is the recent, I don't even know how to characterize it now that I've actually learned about it, (laughs) but (laughs) Um, the recent uh, sort of change in law in Texas, yeah, um, or attempted change in law in Texas um, that would severely limit, uh, basically, it's like a heartbeat law, but like wider way, spread. Yeah,
0: wait. Yes. Yeah, and, yeah, for sure.
1: And the the you know the sort of fear for pro-choice folks is that it is setting a precedent that will overturn Roe v. Wade in the upcoming, yeah, um, reconsideration of that, and then obviously it's celebrated as a win um, for many of the folks in like the pro-life camp. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, obviously there's nuance to it because law is complicated, especially in this country. Um, it's intentionally complicated so that not everybody can get involved, which is a whole nother podcast, but yeah, you, it's, I don't know what, what is your, you've been listening, like taking in a lot of it and what are kind of your, takeaways from some of the stuff that you've been learning that goes beyond the initial reaction of the right and left on it being a good or a bad thing
0: yeah you know obviously you were gonna have the initial like people just popped off so quickly and i even posted something like hey maybe we should just like sit back for a second because maybe there's more to this that is either way better or way worse than we even thought and um turns out (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> like it's not good. Like the law's not good no. in and of itself because of the loopholes it created and what that could like the end result could be. Um you know, the way that they have it structured is essentially that uh uh they take the state out of the mm-hmm. you know, um conversation around abortion basically. Yeah. And then so if if I were a physician and you knew I performed an abortion, you could
1: sue me. Even if it wasn't my kid. You, you, even you have if no connection it, I have whatsoever. no connection. Yes. Anybody in the state of Texas can sue anyone else for aiding and abetting. So you may have yeah. like heard stuff like, oh, if you drive someone to the clinic, you can get Correct. sued. Correct. That is true. Getting an abortion. Or no, you can't be sued if you get one. Correct. But if you drive someone there, for instance, or if you it's yourself. It's
0: possible you could be sued.
1: You can be sued yeah. by not the state, but you could Random. receive a civil suit. By a random person. Literally anyone yes. in the state of Texas.
0: And the physicians themselves. Yeah. Um, OBGYNs. Yeah. You know, they can all be, if there's any attachment there, at a ten thousand dollar plus legal fees nope. clip.
1: And if anybody's ever been sued, it literally doesn't matter if you did the thing you're getting sued for. It is it is like somebody knocking on your door and leaving a time bomb on your door. So like yeah. it is like the biggest inconvenience even just to defend yourself like if i decided tomorrow i was going to just like sue a random person on the street for something even if i knew i wasn't going to win or maybe that i would lose they would countersue and i would lose money it's still the biggest like life disruption right yeah it's crazy
0: yeah and i think as i began to like i've listened and read a lot around this and um i'll say this too maybe we can actually put it in the show notes the um there's this podcast episode from the dispatch with David French and Sarah, I think it's pronounced Iger. Um, They do just such a good job of like talking about the ins and outs. They're both Harvard law yeah. <laughs> lawyers. So yeah. um, it's not high. Like that one is like, everyone can understand what they're talking about. Mm. And um, it was like fascinating hearing them talk though. Cause they were, they were discussing how like one of the loopholes basically they put in there was that you can't use Roe v. Wade as a, as a, like defense, right? And so um, they're creating a loophole with the Constitution, yeah, basically,
1: basically eroding constitutional. Yes,
0: law. and so the unintended consequence of all of that is, th- hypothetically, a state could then say, "Well, we don't want anyone to have gun law, and you can't mm-hmm. have a gun, mm-hmm. and then but you can't use the Second Amendment as your defense." Yeah, right. So like the same thing could happen with that. The same thing could happen with religious liberty. Yep. And so what they've done is they actually created an awful loophole within the system that isn't going to have the the what they they want to have happen out of it is not going to be what has actually happened. Right. And and so now they both French and Sarah David French and Sarah both believe that um, this is not going to it's not going to withstand right. the Supreme Court because this, the second someone actually gets sued, it's just not going to work. It's going to fail.
1: As not a lawyer. Um, listening to three different podcasts now about this specific thing, it really seems like a bad bit of <laughs> bill writing or like a bad bit of like yeah. legal action um, as far as just like not good at what you're trying to accomplish. Correct. It was also, did you hear on the Holy Post they brought up that like, <laughs> this is just too funny to not bring up. It was part of like a, a like a slate of of laws that were getting passed, a couple of which were like, you know, open carry for anyone without a permit, right. like no, um, no background checks. But how many laws? Yeah,
0: six hundred and sixty-six. laws. <laughs> six hundred and sixty-six ah. laws. <laughs> I'm just like, come on, Texas.
1: Don't <laughs> be so on the nose. <laughs> just add like an extra law or yeah. take one Even away. Even a half
0: a law would have been fine. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, I would definitely like, like you said, encourage people. I'll, I'll post in the show notes the dispatch episode. Yeah, um,
0: which is really good. There, there are just things to it that we we aren't thinking through like the further division some of this you know creates yeah um,
1: and i think that's the thing is there's there is you know because also let me acknowledge it can always come off especially if people perceive you to be on one side or the other so if people perceive you as pro-life and perceive me as pro-choice then they'll like paint what we're saying that way so i get it so it can always come off as sort of a like like, well, you know, you haven't even read the law. That's not our intent. Like, I, right. look, yeah, yeah, yeah. I listened. there was one podcast I listened to and I didn't understand half of what was going on. <laughs> I had to, I had to get the dumb version. Um, so that's our intent is not like slanted one way or the other of like, well, do you even know the law? Like, yeah. it's not that. But I will, in that, I will acknowledge that like, it is true that there is a difference between the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. Like, they even talk about that mm-hmm. in court. So I can understand people getting upset or getting excited, depending on what side you're on, about the spirit of this law, regardless of what um, the the letter of the law ends up being. That said, even the spirit of the law is, like, not that strong, like, not that well put together. Yeah, Like, really, as you were sort of alluding to um, – the fact that they remove state actors from the equation. So they remove police, they remove judges, they remove like civil, civil um, entities Mm -hmm. and make it entirely between private citizens suing each other. That is the spirit of that law is further division in a time when we should be talking about fixing some of that.
0: Yeah. And let me say this too. Like there's a lot to this conversation clearly. Um, uh, around uh, abortion and everything and you know David French says in that Dispatch episode he says hey there's a difference between um uh outlawing abortion and eliminating abortions mm-hmm. and uh, um and he's like and and so David is he's been a pro life um, anti-abortion whatever you want to. Fire. he's a lawyer for a long time he's no longer that but he was for a long time right. but the way he approaches it is actually like incredibly interesting because for instance he talks about and, and by the way some of this was my ignorance too of like I don't I still don't even know I need to do some more research around because um, he talks about Casey being more important than Roe Roe versus Wade, yeah, and I just don't know enough about that yeah. um, at all. But, um, but anyway, he talks about how even if you overturn Roe versus Wade, it's only going to impact about eight to ten percent of abortions. Yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't have the impact that you think it's going to have. And mm-hmm. he kind of lists out all of these other things that would be way more helpful mm-hmm. to like eliminating abortions, which mm-hmm. is what ultimately what I would want. And actually, you know, even like. Research in that I've done like most people Mm -hmm. in our country would say they want to eliminate abortions Yeah, you know, like it's not even those that are on the pro-choice side do not most don't believe that it's a moral good Right, and so um, now they might have just a difference of opinion Mm -hmm. around but they feel like they should be like safe and rare Whatever and I get all that and we're also not talking about in the case of like mother's life or a stillborn or this is like I don't want the baby right and um and so there's just like so much more to this conversation that I think everyone should engage Mm -hmm. whether you're whether whatever side now for me like I am like I believe that's a life Mm -hmm. I believe you know I mean even for me I'm like man we got to take a step back here we have insane abortion, like even if you are a pro-choice person, like our abortion laws are insane right now. Like they're the most liberal, like at basically anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so like even like the fact, uh, like Denmark and Finland and Sweden, like who are like pretty liberal countries, right. you know, like they have a heartbeat law. Like you can't have an abortion past 15 weeks. Right, 15 you know years. what I mean? And so, there, but ours is like way after that, mm-hmm. you know, so there are things like, I think no matter what side you fall on, mm-hmm there's a lot more to this story that I think everyone should engage. That would be like very helpful, you know, and understanding even like what drives people towards abortions and what, what could we do as Christians to like come, right. you know, with that. Like there's so many things that we can do as Christians to eliminate a- the amount of abortions mm-hmm. that have nothing to do with overturning Roe v. Wade. Yeah. Would I love to see Roe v. Wade overturned personally? Yes. But like, but there's so many other things that could get done that would actually have a way larger of an impact in our society um, that I think that's important. So I even think from like a, um, you know, I was just pulling up Colossians 2.8 because I just keep going back to this all the time mm-hmm. um, because of what we're, I saw so many posts go up after the Texas thing. Mm-hmm. And I just started thinking about this passage. It says the two eight it says, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. Mm. And I think that that's what's happening a lot with Christians right now. And we talk about this all the time that we get duped by human tradition Mm. or human thoughts, or we don't play out this stuff enough. We don't, we don't, um, we don't say like, we don't think through like, Oh, if I play this out to its ending point, this is what I'm supporting, right. <laughs> you know. Or if I'm and we just don't do it, yeah. and um, and I and so even like this discussion, there's some things when I watch like some pro-life force folks, I'm like, man, like you've been duped by what seems like mm-hmm. like Christ-like philosophy, but when you actually pick it apart further, it's just not. It's not fully there of like being Christ-like, right. you know. In the same way. Some folks I saw from the pro-choice side and what they were saying, I'm like, man, I don't understand why you're fighting so hard to end a life. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're you're backing certain things up and posting certain things that you're like, you're fighting so aggressively that so to have more abortions, mm-hmm. like allowing that to be so easy in our country. I'm like, but like some people are like, I was you know processing it this way, and, and maybe you can pick this one apart. But mm-hmm. I was like, we can't say like. It's hard for me to say, like, black lives matter mm-hmm. and not really care about abortion. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's like a there's a piece of that. Yeah. I'm not saying it in its voice, right.
1: but there's a piece. Well, and, you know, something... So, a couple of things. To the Finland-Sweden um, thing, that was crazy. I hadn't realized that either, that they had a... I think it's a 12-week ban.
0: They might be 12, yeah, and then 12 somewhere in Europe might be 15. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: I didn't realize that. I think the argument against that is... Well, they also have social services. They have like stronger like support for you know like two years of maternity leave or whatever. Like the stuff that yeah, to yeah. us seems crazy to them seems like a basic human right, right? Right. Um, Which so that, again,
0: I would put that in a category of like we've got to fully discuss what it means to love the other. A hundred percent. You know. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So I think that one of the arguments to the reason that our abortion laws are so willy-nilly all over the place is reactive of like well yeah we can't fix unemployment and healthcare and stuff so like we just need to give people more rope to end a pregnancy um so i get that i don't totally agree but i get it um mm-hmm. and i think we can agree that like um if we fix some other systems. I mean, even just this morning, you, we were talking about education and how like crazy the first day of school was yesterday yeah. with like bus shortages and all of this other stuff. Like this stuff all ties in. Like it ain't siloed. It's not like this is one issue and it has no effect on the other issue. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if I put myself, this has really made me rethink this whole conversation, even back from when, like, you and I did those episodes with our guests yeah. and conversations you and I have had and conversations I've had with other people. Truly, there's a part of this that has made me rethink the whole thing. The conversation a lot of the time has been, so pro-life people, why aren't you whole whole life pro-life? And that's a good point. Like, I think we should keep making that point. Sure. So like, how are you going to applaud this but ignore that? Texas is in literally in the same breath, you know, increasing gun, potentially increasing gun violence, yes, voter suppression, yeah. whatever, whatever. Yeah, that's a good point. But I'll continue. So, like, so, like, pro life people, we've been saying, like, well, why aren't you womb to tomb pro life? How do you yeah. feel about refugees? I think that's a great point. Personally, I think I've been hanging a little too much on that hook. Yeah. On the other end, like what you said, for pro choice people, especially for Christians, like, well like, why are you pushing so hard for this? Like, why are you pushing so hard for a thing that, like, pretty much no one would agree is just, like, no big deal? Like, is, like, a bigger deal than going to the store and buying some condoms or, like, you know, whatever. Um, That's another perfectly good point, but I sometimes this has made me wonder if we hang too much on that hook, right? And then there's all the conversations about, well, this country does it that way and da-da-da-da-da. I think what it all boils down to for me now Is we're either, we are a society now who defines ourselves individually, no matter what your thing is, based on what you're against rather than what you're for. No doubt. And you know how Paul talks about like when uh, in the epistles when Paul talks about, uh, or maybe it's Acts. I can't, no, it's in, might be in Romans where he talks about, you know, when it comes to the law, like nobody knows more than I do. Yeah, it's Romans. Romans, yeah. yeah. He, he's basically like, look, I know this, and, like, here's what I'm telling you. Yeah. So don't come at me about, like, Jewish law and stuff because I know it. That's kind of how I am about being against things. Like, I know I always bring up, like, oh, you know, I grew up in punk rock culture or whatever. But, like, no one's better at being against stuff than, like, the people that, for fun, yell at people and punch sure. each other. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know what it is to be fervently against a thing, and I get the appeal and the feeling of power and I still feel that way a lot of the time. And I express myself that way a lot of the time. But as I get older and as I think about this particular issue, I'm starting to realize that it's not its not necessarily, though this is a symptom, that people are not whole life pro-life. If they did that, I'm not sure that that would necessarily fix the problem. It wouldn't. It's not necessarily that, like, Um, Pro-choice people are too extreme or too, I think that's part of it, but I'm not sure that fixing that would fix the problem. I think that the issue is that we are entirely, and this law with the idea that you can now sue your neighbor or a stranger perfectly highlights the spirit of where we're at right now, which is we are only about what we're against. We are not about what we're for because, and here's the point I'm trying to make, even if I were to, I'm good at putting myself, I'm good at empathizing with the extremes, um, like I'm good at, I've some, my, um, my mentor says that I have, I can't remember. He, he has like a great phrase for it. It's like, I have like negative recognition brain where, when I look at where something is missing, I better understand what's supposed to be there. Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, for those of us who are old enough to remember film, you remember you had like, you take pictures and you had the role oh, of yeah. film, you hold it up to the light. What you're seeing is not the picture. It's the picture missing. And then they develop it into the actual picture. Right. Right. So um, that's kind of how I see the world is like I'm good at seeing the extremes and seeing like, you know, we've said it before. I'm the guy who can listen to like really intense like death metal and see God because I'm like, look at how much of this person needs God. They're so angry. Like, (laughs) um, and uh, so the point I'm trying to really long <laughs> roundabout get to is even if I put myself in the extreme of like, I don't believe it's a life until it takes a breath. Like I don't believe a, a child. I straight up can look you dead in the face. Fi- not me. But like if I put right, myself if in someone that. someone did that. I yeah. straight up don't believe that this is a, this is a human until it can take its own breath, which there are people who believe that. Yeah. um It's extreme, but there are people who believe yeah. that. So if I put myself in their head. What brings them to the table? That's always my question. Like, what's going to bring that person to the table? Well, even that person would agree that they would want to live in a country or a society that people want to have babies in. <laughs> like, who do you see what I'm saying? Like, I do, yeah. Who wouldn't agree? Like, even if you don't believe, even if you believe a baby is not a person until it is like breathing on its own, let's say, yeah. wouldn't you still agree along with your? with your like more moderate pro-choice and you're like even far right or, you know, far extreme pro-life people, like couldn't we all get together and agree that like a society in which a couple or or even like a woman on her own, I guess, or like looks around and says, I'd love to bring another life into this. Right. Is something everyone wants? <laughs> like, and that's not the conversation we want to have because a, yeah. pro, a person who believes that life starts at conception just like can't stand to be in a room with somebody who might have an extreme view of like, no, it's not a life until it walks and talks or or whatever, like whatever the extreme is. Um, And I think that's what I'm learning from this is like the problem is like the reason we can't sit down and talk and disagree and stuff is because we're only defined by what we're against. We're never defined
0: by what we're for. I agree with that. Um, I want to add a little to that though because I do agree with that. This is what I'm about to say is not even a rebuttal it's um when i look at all of this Mm. um i also see and i'll just speak from a christian context because like Mm -hmm. i don't have expectations if someone's not a believer in jesus Mm. i don't have expectations Mm -hmm. in the same way um we have bought in as christians to this um selfish i want to do what i want to do culture okay And um, on like an epic level, like Mm -hmm. how we treat church as consumer, you know, Mm -hmm. consumer minded, you know, how we treat our faith is like whenever I want to do it, Mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, when we think about like bouncing around from church to church, to church, to church, um, when we leave a church community, just because we just kind of like got in a little bit of conflict with someone rather Mm -hmm. than like wrestling with attention. It's like, I don't want to be here then. I'm just going to go somewhere else. Like that flavor of our faith and Mm -hmm. how we see everything we've bought into the American way. Mm -hmm. Which is like think about this: when someone says, "I want limited government," mm-hmm. they say that that because their personal freedom to be able to do what they want to do and handle what they want to handle mm-hmm. is because they feel they see that freedom to do kind of what my mm-hmm. individual freedom to do what I want to do, mm-hmm. right? When someone on the other side, um, like the more liberal folks, like they really. Their conversations have way more to do around don't tell me what to do with my body mm-hmm. or my sexuality, or you know, like it's like I want to do what I want to do. Right. And, um, and I think a lot around this conversation, um, that my point into like mm-hmm. that ties into what you're saying is, yeah, you know, why people are so like just about what they're against is because of how it's like it's primarily selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's about their own individual freedom. Mm-hmm. And that's what our culture is. And you know why they don't know what the reason why they, we don't talk about what we're for is because we don't know. Right. I would agree. And like in as Christians, that is a massive problem. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's a massive problem. Like even like in the simplicity of when Jesus teaches, um, that the greatest command being to like love God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength, but then also to, to love the other. Like, literally, the cross is the ultimate sacrifice, sacrificial love for the other, mm-hmm. which is what our whole faith is built off of. And so even when we take a conversation like abortion, like, look at what's being, like, described. It's it's like, on the pro—this is my perspective—on the pro-choice side, if you're a Christian, mm-hmm. on a pro-choice side, you, you're not thinking of the other. Mm. You're not. And the other is— the life in the womb mm-hmm. you're not thinking of the other and on the pro-life side what ends up happening is you are only thinking um i don't want to say only some some because i know again on both sides i know mm-hmm. some moderates and i know um like i just always think about my mom and the work that she's done which has been incredible yeah. around this um and so quite often what ends up happening in the pro-life discussion is they're not thinking of the other of the woman mm-hmm of societal issues, of the things that cause, they're not thinking of the other. And um, and so they only think of like, no, I am thinking about that. It's just the baby. It's just life. I'm like, Mm -hmm. that's the easy part. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Truly, like that's the easy part in this conversation is like the fact that it's a baby and it's a life, right? Mm -hmm. And so, but when we think about the other, it expands to a level that then calls an accountability of like, are we actually living out what Jesus taught? And so for a Christian, I think like taking a step back, I was just like, I was like, man, like, I was getting so, I had actually turned off. I went off Instagram for two days after like it all went down because I was seeing like people that I knew that were Christians, um, on both sides. I was just like, I was getting so mad. Mm. I was just getting so mad because I was just like, man, no one's actually taking a step back and being like, what does it mean to love the other here? Mm -hmm. Which is what Jesus taught. And to do that from a pro-life standpoint is to your point, just like, here's what we're for. Mm -hmm. We want to come in because we know education is a big issue. We want to come in and we know that poverty is a big issue. We want to come in and know foster care and adoption Mm -hmm. is a big issue. We want, we are for all these things because of the other. We're thinking about the woman who's in the scenario and like, Mm -hmm. this is what we're going to do all that stuff. Right. Right. We're going to, um, I think it was David French who said, you know, how you know that um, abortion is just a political game um, is the fact that every single pregnancy resource center is underfunded.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If it was if if the GOP, if the Republicans really believed mm-hmm. in um, pro-life, really believe they would fund those suckers like crazy, yeah. but they don't. So it's a political game. And, and what happens is Christians have bought into the political game of it rather than saying, like, hold on a second. How do we actually eliminate abortion in our country? And to your point, it's like, let's talk about the things we can be for mm-hmm. in loving the other and what this looks like to answer some of these questions. And then to the pro-choice people, it's like, man, do you realize like what you're partnering up with? Like when you're saying you're in this camp mm-hmm. and and you're the lack of love of the other, the lack of like understanding what life really is and everything, and from a Christian context, there's just there just isn't space there, mm-hmm. you know? And so anyway, that was why I got I got worked up. Yeah. No, that.
1: it's good. But um and I think a lot of it has to do with I'm gonna maybe cut this out. Not because it's controversial, but it might be too <laughs> <laughs> to, to me in my weird space. But like <laughs> um the next level to that to your point about everybody just wanting to do what they want, we have to always remember that like the biggest the the I wrote down projection increases division. We are projecting onto one when you're unhealthy, you project onto other people. No. Question. It doesn't matter what the unhealth is. No any doubt. any like first year um, you know, therapy student will tell you that you're project like when you're unhealthy, you project onto others. You pro- you can't carry around the unhealth. Well, you'll do one of two things. You'll either implode, kill yourself, you know, just like hate yourself so much that you take your own life or just disappear. Yeah. Um, Or you'll start offloading what you're carrying onto other people, whether they're doing it or not, (laughs) like you project onto other people. And that's how division happens. Like nobody's ever had an unhealthy friend or or family member or spouse or kid uh, project onto them and feel closer to them. You know, in unhealth, in unhealth project onto them and suddenly feel like I want to be closer to you. Thank you for projecting your like thing on, you know, your your depression onto me or your anxiety onto me or whatever. Um, So projection increases division. The reason that this matters here is because we have to think about what puts you. Like, not you, but like, what puts us in a space of viewing abortion as simple as, well, you don't want the responsibility, so you're going to go have an abortion. That's not right. What in your life do you not want the responsibility for? Because the only, you don't know that woman, you know, this is a faceless woman. Now, if you have a friend or like somebody who trusts you enough to talk to you about considering terminating a pregnancy, that's totally different. But on the big political socio-political scale, you are projecting onto strangers, this cons, not you, John, we are projecting onto strangers, this concept that like, they just don't want to. So they're going to go do this to your point about like, "Eh, church, whatever, like, not the church is some big moral good, but like if you're committed to a community, you show up. Like, right. I don't care if it's your volleyball team. Like, yeah, you, yeah. you know, yeah. like, yeah, uh, whatever. Like where my big, you know, my bigger question is like taking it back to the personal. Where in your life are you not showing up and thus projecting not showing up onto other people and having this negative view of them?
0: Well, that's the love of the other piece. I mean, right? Our, like literally how, like yeah. when we open up our Bibles, Listen, you're going to hear me rant about this for about six weeks <laughs> when we do it this next series. But like, you know, we read the Bible as individuals. We read it as a, like we take you statements in the Bible as if it's talking to me. Me, not you all. all. Not y'all. Yes. <laughs> Most I wish, you is y'all. <laughs> I wish, I wish like, yes, I wish like we would read the Bible as y'all. Yeah. And, or you guys, if yeah. you're from the North. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but like... There's just so much of that that plays into what you're talking about. And, you know, what I'm talking about, too, like, it's just, man, from a Christian perspective, mm-hmm. um, we've just we're so far away from it. Yeah. And um, and it plays into this conversation so much.
1: Yeah. And to be balanced on the other side, if you're insistent that everyone who disagrees with you, if you're pro on the pro-choice side and you're insistent that everybody who disagrees with you on this is just like a hateful bigot. Well, are you projecting? Like, what are you being hateful about? Yeah. Or what are you being unforgiving about, or unempathetic about? Because there's a chance you're probably projecting it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah I kind of just put psycho babble to the thing you already said, but like, no, I think I, it's important. And
0: I, yeah, and I just think that we're just, you know, as Christians, we have to take a step back here and really, really reevaluate what we're what we're finding ourselves supporting, mm. and what we're like, uh, um, like. You know, I've said this, you know, the last couple of weeks, I've said it a couple of different times where I've said, like, there's no way Jesus would be like cool with us saying lesser of two evils is great. Nope. Do you know what I mean? Not his thing. And not his thing. And so, but I'm like, man, there are just so many times when Christians are like posting things that I'm like, what the hell are you supporting? I, right. You know, like, I, yeah. do you realize like what in the world, like you're, you're putting yourself with, mm. uh, in this situation and it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. it just doesn't make sense and that's the part that i'm getting like so amped out uh, uh, over right now um and it's gonna come out in sermons over the next few months but like i just it i was i just got so frustrated yeah the other tell. day uh, i know
1: you need to you need a bench i need a bench you need a bench bro you can go sit on my bench <laughs> It's got my name it's on been it and it's, it's true. Because the cha- time change at school, which I could get angry about, it. <laughs> I haven't been on my bench. It's in Bryant Park, everyone, right by the pond on the, what would it be like the south side? Yeah. It says my name and it says John 1-3, Which read that while you're on my bench. <laughs> um cool. Well we talked about that for longer than we thought we would. Yeah. Um We're forty one minutes.
0: <laughs> Let's just do it. You want to keep going? We'll just I think that one would be quicker. Okay.
1: Um, so my feed was Texas abortion law that we just talked about for 30 minutes. What was yeah. in your
0: feed, John? Well, then, of course, here in our own Richmond, Virginia. Richmond, Virginia. You know, which this obviously made national news and everything yeah. um, was just the taking down of the Robert E. Lee statue. You know, the yeah. last.
1: Well, yeah. not the last because there's still the Hill Monument that's messing up traffic at the end of my street. <laughs> so nobody <laughs> nobody cares about us north side folks. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it was like kind of the you know it was the one that remained because it was state o- state I think it was a state issue state rather issue, than a, yeah. s- a city municipal issue. So yeah. it it remained. Um, it became a public space. Um, they reclaimed the people reclaimed it as Marcus David Peters Circle, um, and then eventually the city decided that they there was lots of conflict. And then the city decided that they would gate that place off and and stop it from being a public space. Um, and, uh, now they have taken, I don't know. I don't, are the gates down? Did you drive? I didn't drive. I don't know. I don't know where it's at now. Um, but the, the statue was gone and cut, cut in many pieces. It looked like, like cut him in half, (laughs) took his head (laughs) off. Um, so that happened yesterday and that's not a small thing.
0: It's not. It's a big thing. Literally. Those things are massive. Um, it's obviously such a huge symbol for, um, slavery yeah. and what went on here in Richmond and, and Jim Crow. Cause it, Jim really, Crow, it, was yes, put up. it was put up during that yeah. time. They, it yeah. was
1: basically a giant whites only sign during the Jim Crow. Yeah. I mean, era. basically
0: people don't know that part of the story. Typically that yeah. those statues on Monument Avenue were put up during the Jim Crow era as a way to pay homage yeah. to what Which, came before. Like
1: if you died tomorrow and they didn't put your tombstone up for like a hundred years, I would have to wonder what the political
0: implications of the tombstone. were. Yeah. <laughs> so like there's just so much to those statues and um and what you i'll just say this like there's you know my gosh with how much in the bible talks about we shouldn't have graven images and idol and idols and and things like that and i just the fight around the statues like leave the statues up or whatever i'm like this is just insane but um it was a big deal. It was a big deal that it came down. It's a big deal for what it represents, you know, um, in our city. Um, it was like super emotional, mm-hmm. obviously, for folks um, in um, the Black community here mm-hmm. in Richmond um, because of when you're driving by it all the time. Mm-hmm. It means something, you know, and um, that's a really big deal. And I'm and I'm happy that it came down. And mm-hmm. um, and I'm sorry, like if you need statues to learn history oh boy oh boy you know and um you have the internet (laughs) so there's just like so many other options but um i don't know why why in the world people would fight for the statues there i have not heard and i really tried hard to like listen to people's like perspectives on I have not heard one decent reason Mm -hmm. the closest one I ever heard was like well let's tell the opposite story of what that statue represents I'm like there are so many other ways to tell the opposite story (laughs) so we don't need the statues as any kind of reminder so I just can we just not do statues
1: I mean, I'm cool. Well, I don't know, because like I like art and I love sculpture, and also VCU is like the number one sculpture school, <laughs> sculpture school in the Even world. The I think. Museum seems weird. Um, but you know, I was thinking about. Um, you may have asked me, or somebody sort of posed the question, because I, especially last summer, was was very in and still am, very in on the anti-idols thing, right? Posting a lot of Isaiah quotes, like I do, yeah. um, you know, from the book of Isaiah. And um, somebody asked me, though, well, then do you want Arthur Ashe to be taken down? Here's my answer. No. And here's why. That's a statue. I've never seen anybody guarding Arthur Ashe with a firearm.
0: Yeah. So here's what I would say. Go ahead. Let's not do statues of people.
1: (laughs) Interesting. No statues of people. No. What do you feel? So, like, rumors of war is like not a real person, right?
0: Great, that's so you, beautiful you're cool art. With
1: that, yeah, okay. Tell a bigger story. No statues of real. people. So, like, I'm. Eh, I can get behind that. I
0: love art. I mean, I like. I really do. Like, I, I love the expression of art. I love the creativity of it. I love sculpture. I love seeing what people do. Like, I think it's awesome. Yeah. Like, it's super cool. I'm just like, can we stop doing statues of people? That's fair. You know, and um, because inevitably they lead to conflict mm. and no person should be immortalized like that. Mm. And, um, and, um, and even if they like were a person of integrity and character, mm. guess what? They don't want a statue of them. Ah, that's a good point. You I know, so, um, so my point, like, yeah, like, cool, like Arthur Ashe was great. Like there's a lot to yeah. like celebrate about Arthur Ashe, but like, I just don't think there should be a statue of them. All right. And so of any person.
1: Do you think like paintings are different?
0: I think they can be. When they do
1: like presidential painting. Yeah. You know, like I think those but, things
0: can be. Yeah. Um, there's something different about that. There is something just, about. I don't even know what it is. I don't yeah. know. Like there's just something different about a painting. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I just think it's different. Yeah. Okay. And, that's fair. And and so I that's see a, that. I'll have mull over that. And, I, and on the other thing too is like, can we please just make that whole area just a nice green space? Seriously. I'm, don't, way, I'm way i way that. You know in what's going to happen? Well, I hope not, but they're going to do something stupid. <laughs> And they're gonna put up something dumb, and people are going to be like, "What in the heck? What did you do this?" Just like make a nice green space for community to be there. Can just, we do that? It's <laughs> just gonna be a
1: statue of Myrsoni. Um So yeah, no, nah, I mean it's a big deal, but also, and I think that this is not a hot take because I've seen a lot of pretty much almost on my feed since we're talking about our feeds. Yeah, almost one hundred percent of the anti monument people, their comment is like, "Cool, but like this is." surface like I don't I don't know I'm sure there are people out there who like being fooled probably outside of our city I could see people looking outside looking in and being like oh isn't it cool that they have this young black mayor and they're taking down on the statues it's like bro
0: there's a lot more going on boy there's a lot more going on
1: (laughs) um so I think that but it is worth repeating what gets yeah it's worth repeating that like this is all performative if things don't change yes like if Whatever those things are, I won't get into all of it because I don't wanna make it a divisive thing right now. But if things don't really change, this is all surface. It was surface yes. to begin with. Like if you don't I think yeah, I said the other day, like if you if you don't if we don't you y'all, if we don't pull down <laughs> the idols in our hearts, if we don't, you know, topple the monuments um in our system, then it's who cares? Like who cares what we pull down? Yeah. Them? So I hope that it is a tip of the iceberg situation and that we unveil the bigger thing underneath the water. Um, My my concern is always that it's like um, not the tip of the iceberg, but just like a buoy that we just pull out of the water. There's nothing underneath.
0: Yeah. And I think, too, when we see stuff like this, I I think it should be for all white, brown and black people. This should be like, again, from a Christian perspective. When some stuff like this happens, it's like we do celebrate the imagery of something being like torn down, like Mm -hmm. these idols torn down. But for us as Christians, we should be then like stepping into like, what does this mean for us to be unified? What steps do we have to take Mm -hmm. together? Um, Because still so much of the rhetoric, you know, um, on any kind of side you want to push. And this is like progressive, liberal, conservative, whatever. It is still like around, like the topic of statues or what's Mm -hmm. going on in our city, it is still so divided and name calling Mm -hmm. and everything. And, and I just still, I, you know, I'm all for the prophetic speech and Mm -hmm. stuff like calling certain things out. We need that stuff. Um, but man, if you just stay in the negative or just stay in the prophetic, like you also miss out from a gospel point of view, it's like you know, our goal—the the when the gospel is fully being revealed within the context of a city, people come together, mm-hmm. and um, and so no matter where you are, um, white, black, brown, like if Jesus is at the heart of like how you think and how you believe, the ultimate goal is us coming together. Yeah, you know, in a restorative nature, and I know there's a lot that goes with that, but no matter what, that's what you keep fighting for. Yeah. and um and so that's part of like where I'm hoping some of this conversation can move towards. Um, I just haven't, like, seen it in its fullest yet mm-hmm. publicly. I know it's happening pro- – like, I could name off a bunch of people that mm-hmm. I personally know that it's happening with.
1: But And even yeah. when we talk about being prophetic, I think sometimes what you're getting at, and I perceive the same thing that, like – and I've done it. I, so this is a thing I have perpetrated and I've admitted to. Sometimes prophetic is, like, progressive Christianese for just being crummy. Cynical. I almost said the S-H word. But, like, just being, like <laughs> – angry all the time you know just you know whatever just like getting the hot takes off prophecy if we're talking about jeremiah and isaiah like if we were talking about the prophets it's always a cursing a curse and a blessing followed by a blessing cursed are those who um you know put their faith in jeremiah 17 has put their faith into you know mortal men blessed are those who put their faith in the lord like it's always both yeah um, and it's always um so so, It's
0: always called a turn back to God. For and sure. Messages. And it's
1: also solutions based. Yeah. Like even if you were to take your theology out of it, like the Isaiah didn't say we're going to get rid of all the swords. He said, like, there's a we, we're coming into a time of, like, hammering our swords into plowshares. That's, like, A, beautiful poetry. B, like, solutions-based thinking. Like, yeah. We're going to melt down all the swords and turn them into f- tools. Yeah. Like, he didn't just say we're going to get rid of the guns. Totally. He didn't just say we're going to get rid of the abortions. He didn't just say we're going to get rid of the whatever. Yeah. He didn't just say we're going to get rid of the monuments or we're going to get, you know, like, the point of prophetic speaking is curses curses balanced by blessings and solutions based creative solutions based thinking yeah um like if you think about the idea of a sol- of a <laughs> solutions based social poem that's like the most creative thing i can think of and that's basically what prophes- like yeah. old testament prophecy is it's poetry it's also practical um and it's balanced you know in a lot of ways balanced but also very intense so yeah, for sure. There and, there, and we
0: need those things. Sure. And um, and we also need like with that is couple like I think like a good question for all of us that are, you know, again, followers of Jesus that we have to keep asking ourselves. Is this like gospel centered talking and mm-hmm. thinking? And um, for instance, like when I see like, let's just say uh, I'll just kind of categorize here. If I see someone that's been like, man, all those progressives. That's not gospel-centered thinking. How we begin to approach people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or if someone's like, "Man, all white people," mm-hmm. that's not gospel-centered approach to people, mm-hmm. right? Like, so it's important for us to like take a step back in in all of this. Um, and again, this is in front of us again because of the statue coming down. Mm-hmm. But like, just like really, like I think we ought to like breathe for a second. We I think we celebrate this moment. But to your point, if the idols in our hearts don't get torn down. This moment ends up being a one out of 10, Mm -hmm. you know, whereas like maybe this moment should be like a three out of 10 or four out of 10. But like what it actually does is to help like kind of bring our attention to like, hold on a second. Have I been fighting for some wrong things? Have I been getting mad at some wrong things? Have Mm -hmm. I been like am I really like stepping into a gospel centered way of approaching this whole conversation? Absolutely.
1: And when you pull down the idol in your heart, it's not a photo op for anyone. Right. (laughs) And it's not comfortable by the way either. Like not not fun. Yes. Oh man. Cool. Well, thanks everyone for joining us um, for this extended from the feed. Um, section and uh, if you have questions quips comments quotes or concerns you can email them to stay curious at hillcityrva.com. you can follow us on instagram at instagram.com stay curious podcast um, and until next time as always remember to stay curious, curious.